Hello, everybody. Hi. Uh, um, hi, this is Tom Chivers, and that is... That's Joe Ritchie over here. Uh, yes, hello. And this is the very first ever The Studies Show Mea Culpa special. <laughs> we're going to do Or these, you could also call I, it a feedback episode. Yes, if you like. Um, we're going to do these fairly regularly. I don't think on a, on a fixed schedule, but, you know... Yeah, every, every X number of episodes we'll do one of these. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're just going to go over comments and criticisms we had from previous episodes, things we think we've actually got wrong, stuff we could have done better, yes. and any sort of general feedback. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, openness in science is important. Yeah, you've got to see when you get something wrong. And these some of these things are things which people have sent us very kindly, and we really do encourage people to send us feedback on things we get wrong, because we, we don't want to get things wrong, obviously. We want to get things right. This this in, in many ways, this podcast is about telling people that they're wrong, so it would be ironic if we were not uh, listening to people saying yes. that about us as well. One criticism of this podcast, in fact, is that it is all about telling people that they're wrong, yeah. so we're always something yeah, yeah, we're yeah. going to get back to yeah, at the we'll end. Come to that. Um, uh, yeah. And, yeah, so, and some of these are just things that we've noticed ourselves that we, we could have done done better as well. So yes. I think yeah. we'll just go through each episode that we've published so far, um, or certainly up to the point that we're recording this. Uh, there, might, mm. there might have been other ones, depending on the timings, and just mention something for each episode that we think uh, we've got wrong, uh, or, or multiple things well, that we need to clarify. Yeah. All right. So, uh, in order, then. So, yes. episode one was Ozempic or yeah. semaglutide. Weight loss drugs, hmm. all that stuff. Yes. Uh, so, do you want to take this one? Yeah. Stuart? Well, I think one thing that I noticed, I, I kind of kicked myself after the recording because we didn't talk about the other weight loss drugs. So, we talked about semaglutide, which is Ozempic and Wegovy. That, that's the kind of the one that everyone talks about, and it's 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 a bit like one of these situations with um, like with Hoover just means vacuum cleaner now, or Tannoy just means a public address system. Like Ozempic has come to mean like weight, loss drugs. weight loss drugs, but yeah. actually, there's, there's there's loads of different weight loss drugs that have, that are being tested at various stages of trials and might be available very soon that are upcoming and are even better than semaglutide. So the the number that everyone mentions with semaglutide is that people on average in the Wegovy trial, so that's a 2.4 milligram uh, injection of semaglutide, lost about 15% of their body weight. That's the that's the approximate number. But there's a new drug called terzepatide. The mm. brand name is Mounjaro. Uh, Moon Yaro again. All I was these going for Moon Jaro, but I've got I mean, uh, literally every single we'll one of a... these has a name that you can pronounce in all yeah. sorts of different ways. We'll, we'll have to do a, a, a corrections to the corrections thing yeah. when someone yeah. writes yeah. in. Tell us how you it. I did an interview with a guy who said semaglutide the whole time. No, I think I said not, that not in okay the, the that. podcast. Yeah, don't like it. Well, don't like it. No. <laughs> I think it's definitely Ozempic because they've got that podcast with this with the song. They're, they're not podcast. They've got that advert with the song. That says, yeah. "Oh, oh, 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 Zampic. You know, like this, like the song, like the. Can we never do musical breaks it's on this podcast? Song. <laughs> I had that stuck in my head for weeks. That yeah, Zampic yeah. song. Um, anyway, so there's that Terzepatide, and that's I, I believe had f- phase three trials and will be being rolled out very soon. Um, yep. That's from Eli Lilly. It's a different company than Novo Nordisk, who make the semaglutide. Hmm. Then there's another one also made by Eli Lilly called Ritatrotide. And I don't think it has a brand name yet. I think it's they've not like got it to that point. It's only in phase two trials, so it's in the smaller trials that are not thousands of people. But it but in the smaller trials, people lost like twenty two percent, like over twenty percent of their body weight uh, while taking Ritatrotide. And there, I've, I've even seen um, cost-effectiveness comparisons, not with ritatrotide, but terzepatide and semaglutide, saying that terzepatide is more cost-effective for the amount of weight you lose um, and also taking into account side effects and stuff. So the bottom line is that 
there are more and more of these drugs coming and they're even better than the previous ones and it's a really exciting time to you know be uh, interested in you know weight loss and uh, and so on if i was a weight loss doctor um you know an obesity an obesity clinic i would i would feel real extreme relief that finally science is actually providing starting mm. to provide us with things that work I will say um, the, the reason we didn't mention these, and this is a thing we'll come back to, is because our early episodes, we recorded a few episodes in the weeks before we actually pub- we, we sort of went went live, if you like. Yes. We pub- and so, so it meant there was this, uh, a delay of some weeks between. And the thing is, it stuff moved really fast. And what we should have yeah. done is gone back and re-recorded, but we didn't. It's um, a, it, yeah, I mean, it's a bit silly to, to, to yeah, keep going back because there's, there's so many developments now. The retractotide thing is just in the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, that really wasn't available when we first uh, put out that episode. But terzepatide was, and we should have, we should have said. Uh, and there are, other, it, yeah. there are other drugs too, but the, those are the kind of big ones. Yeah. Also, just uh, on a Zen pick before we move on to the next thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the, a fun thing that I noticed that the Denmark recorded 1.9 percent economic growth in the um, first in the first three months of this year, or, first, or second, or maybe second quarter. And of that, 1.7 percent was down to basically the sales of a Zen pick. Incredible. Because uh, Nova Nordisk is a Danish company, and it's yeah. just gone so crazy. Uh, so yeah. So that that was a fascinating it, thing of just how popular these drugs are becoming at the moment. My understanding is that that Nova Nordisk, at least a couple mm. of weeks ago, when I when I looked at this, was valued at a higher a, a, a value, valued higher than the entire GDP of Denmark. Now, of course, yes, GDP of flows, Denmark right? is a yeah, yeah it's, it's actually a measurable thing, and, and the valuation of a company can you know is people's opinions, but that's how big a deal people think this drug yes. is. So that, that it really is a, 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 an amazing an amazing coup to have been the first ones to you know to bring it. it to market uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you want to say something about side effects? Yeah, as there well? was a there was another thing about uh, there's a, there's loads of discussion in the press about the side effects to these drugs. Mostly, people talk about things like ozempic face and feeling nauseous and all that sort of stuff. But there was a story about a couple of people. I think three people in Iceland who had suicidal thoughts when they were on semaglutide, and. The European Medicines Association are doing an investigation, or European Medical Association, whatever they, whatever the, the EMA, you know, the, yeah. the, the people that that uh, regulate drugs in the in the EU, mm. are doing an investigation into it. And so everyone was saying, oh, you know, all the kind of Ozempic haters were coming out saying, look, it causes suicidal ideation and blah blah. blah. Two things I would say: one. I don't think those symptoms were noticed in the trials, so you know that's a different. When you have actually the control groups who are taking the, you know, who are ran- randomly assigned to take the control or the or the real thing, and are meant to be, you know, f- fairly representative, or at least they're, you know, they're they're, uh, uh, it's a somewhat more controlled environment than people who are just out in the world uh, taking it. It's a bit like when the vaccines were being uh, put out. We we had loads of yellow card reports of all these side effects from vaccines, and none of them turned into anything. They just they just all seem to be you know weird reactions that maybe would have happened anyway just by chance. I think the reason that they thought this was particularly interesting is that there were quite a lot of cases in quite a small population in Iceland. You know, so Iceland mm. has a small population anyway, and then the population of people in Iceland who are taking Ozempic is going to be pretty pretty tiny. So they thought there was kind of a, a, a disproportionate number in Iceland. But the other thing to say is that even if uh, this might cause a tiny increase in, in, in suicidal thoughts, and I don't think it does, I don't, I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that, and I think that's a, it's going to turn out to be a statistical, just a random event. But even if it did, you would have to talk about the 
the massive benefits versus the risks, right? As you would yes, with any, as we did with all the other things, yeah. yeah, as we would with any with any drug that actually works and actually does have a uh, an effect. So that's all I should say. I know that might sound callous, but that is how medicine works. You have to weigh up the the pros and cons, costs and benefits, yeah. as always. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's a Zempic. Probably, yeah. You know, uh, mainly thing we should we we missed some stuff because we recorded earlier. Yeah, that's I don't think shame. we said anything that was. Uh, wrong, wrong necessarily, false. but we just didn't talk about some other stuff that uh, yeah. uh, that probably you know is a fuller context of where of where these yeah. things are. Number two is breastfeeding, and, and I think similar story. I don't think there's anything we felt that we got wrong, but um, the uh, Kevin McConway, who's very much a friend of the pod and regular listener, he wrote in to point out that there's a, there's a there's some context we didn't mention when it comes to why there's all these rules about. The, uh, the rules about the law advertising formula and then basically it goes back to the nestle boycott of the um 80s and 90s still possibly still ongoing yeah the, I, think um, it, I think it is i think it started in the in the 70s and became big in the 80s and 90s and it's kind of people don't hear about it that much when i was at high school it was a massive thing yeah me too i remember it. in the um, 90s and early 2000s no, no, it was huge uh, and I'm sort of seeing Nestle written on the side of like a Kit Kat and think, you know, being like, "Ooh, evil Nestle." I think you I know? had a yeah. I think I had a T-shirt that said "Boycott Nestle" on it. I don't know where I got it. God, yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, so there were specific reasons why um, formula was a really, you know, was a, a, the promotion over promotion of formula in third world co- developing countries was a bad thing, and you know, because it was expensive, it was it was difficult to, for people to get enough of it. There was a risk of malnutrition if they then didn't have much, so they over diluted it. There was risk of infection if they were using sort of badly treated water and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And so and Nestle have been accused of pushing this, you know, through through heavy marketing, and then and and the the the, the other point is that once you start using formula your milk supply starts to Can wane. Dry up. So you, yeah, so if you're you, if you're not breastfeeding as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah so if we, you're not also breastfeeding, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so we should we uh, I think that is reasonable context to be worth mentioning in all the stuff we're talking about about why, you know, the, the, the these advertising rules about Well, it kind formula, of is, which, Tom, but also I, I think it kind of isn't in some other ways because so so I when I got wrote my article about the 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 UK laws on breast milk advertising Mm. I contacted the Department for Health and Social Care and said, what's your evidence for, A, the idea that people would, you know, that formula is somehow somehow bad for, for, for kids, and B, that if, if you were allowed to get a, a two-for-one deal on a box of baby formula from, you know, Tesco, that would put you off breastfeeding. And they said, they just pointed me towards some WHO stuff that pointed out how many lives would be saved if we inc- increased breastfeeding. But when I looked at it, it was all in lower and middle income countries, so not the UK. So they pointed yeah. me to these numbers that had been calculated on the basis of countries that are not, that are that are, that, that you know the reason is probably that they don't have evidence of it being bad in the UK. Yeah, but oh, but they don't have clean water there in those countries, is what I mean. Is what I mean, and we do oh, have so clean mean, water here in general, and 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 so and so I don't think that evidence applies. No, I think you're completely right. I think I don't think it is relevant from a straightforwardly academic evidence-based sort of way. I do think it is probably part of the story for why we ended up where we are. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that and that is interesting historical context. Even if I don't think it changes totally, the totally. points we're making, but, but I think it's a it's a generalizability thing of like does does that generalize to uh, you know rich industrialized Western country where there's clean water and you know all the other medical interventions that that babies need yeah. are generally available. So so that that's just that's just one thing. And, and so the, the context might be different in other countries. Um, although I have seen arguments against that too. But and some people yeah, for, argue that you should. When we just, talk about the criticisms here, yeah, 
it, it's that's a fair thing to point yeah. out yeah 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 all right um aspartame and we did we did screw up a couple here's of the big the big one yeah yeah, but this is definitely so. Um, again, the indefatigable Kevin. This McConnell. is also Kevin. Yeah, yeah. So um, all all praise to him, uh, emeritus professor of statistics at the Open University, and it should also be said, someone who knows everything about everything. It's really astonishing. <laughs> yeah, um, so he, his first point, which was what we mentioned earlier, was why it was it was weird that it was published when it was because we were talking about the um, the leak of the. Aspartame, the IARC's Aspartame document saying that they would be they would be announcing this thing. Yeah, at some it point. came out in the media that they were going to classify Aspartame as possibly carcinogenic, yeah. and so that was all we had. And we, you know, went to their website and looked through it, blah blah blah, and sort of you know looked at the list of things that are cause cancer and don't cause cancer, and. What we should have probably done is just wait and see what their actual reasoning and uh, and so on yeah. was. And and annoyingly, because of the way that the timings of the podcast worked out, our episode came out after they had produced more information. But we hadn't gone back and re-recorded the podcast. In a perfect world, we would have we would have done that probably. Yeah, or in a less lazy pair of podcasters would have would have done it. But we didn't. Yeah. So that, that was it. Sorry. Um, yes. Yeah, sorry to uh, to about about that. But anyway, um, that was a reasonable criticism. The other, I think, reasonable criticism was that I was making some braying, smart ass comments about, ah, oh, if only you know, do we don't even know what the AIC actually does. And Kevin points out, you, uh, I'll just quote him here: uh, "You don't have to look very hard at the IARC website. I mean, the top level one at bloody blah bloody blah, not the monographs one, to see that they do do a huge, a huge, a huge lot. They have seven different series publications as well as the monographs, and then publish a lot of things beyond that. So they do actually do. It's they not do, just the list of things that cause cancer. Yeah, exactly." So they, um, so that that would have been a very simple thing for us to find out by clicking on the website. Should have done that. That was a that was a cock up. I, in in more def- uh, more defence of ourselves, I still think that the the linking as saying aspartame as a possibly carcinogenic to humans is it's just a silly thing. To, I, I, like the, 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 on this, I can point to the US FDA agreeing with us, and we'll put a link in the show notes saying it's just that they don't, don't think the evidence is anywhere near strong enough. Yeah, to they say clearly that. don't like they. So they say. Aspartame being labelled by the IARC as possibly carcinogenic to humans does not mean that aspartame is actually linked to cancer. So they clearly think that the phrasing is is not helpful. And mm. But then they also say that the FDA disagrees with the IARC's conclusion that these studies support classifying aspartame as a possible carcinogen to humans. So I, I, a lot of this hinges on what the word possible means. And I think that word should just be... If, if, yeah. you're, if what you're actually saying is, which we think they are now saying, because if you look at their press release, they're much more equivocal in that than it seemed... If, or than, than we realised. Yeah. Or than we realised. If you're saying that that you don't think there's enough evidence, then you shouldn't say that it possibly causes cancer. I don't think. Although, I mean, that is technically true, but there's probably there there must be a better mm. word to use f- for public understanding than yeah, the word. We do not have enough. We do not have enough evidence. We'll be fine. You know. Yeah. And and but the, thing, the weird thing is that the FDA points out that uh, again to quote aspartame is one of the most studied food additives in the human food supply, and they they clearly think that it is. There's loads of evidence, and it isn't at reasonable doses in any way in any way carcinogenic so i i back us up on the sort of overarching point i also back us up on like fundamentally if you write a big list in which you say put put things into brackets of may you may not you know probably does definitely does possibly does cause cancer then the media will jump on that and say burnt toast cause cancer and you could say it's the media's fault and it it is the media's fault but like it's a bit that i've 
it's a bit like blaming the weather for me like you just the, the, you there's the, the media is a big and massive thing and some people some groups within it will leap on these things because it sells papers and or it gets clicks and it gets tension and, and sort of you need to be a bit wary of that when you do your massive list of things that might or might not cause cancer yeah, I, I, I still think that's a predictable problem i do i do agree and i think uh yeah, they, they if you read their press releases, they do have statements in them about uncertainty and so on. But I think the list is is still a is still a problem, and the phrasing of possibly and probably causes cancer and stuff is not. And I think a lot of the stuff we said about comparing uh, is 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 relevant too. Although they do go into more detail about some of the carcinogens. So like, there's a long thing on being a firefighter, like how much mm. how carcinogenic that is, and under different circumstances and so on. So they do go into more detail, and we should have been clearer about that, and we weren't. So yeah, that's true. We fucked up. Yeah. Um, um, the, uh, another thing I should say that's just an objective mistake that I made and not anything about interpretation or anything is I said aspartame was invented by the Ajinomoto company who are the company that make lots of aspartame and they also make uh, monosodium glutamate but they in fact did not invent it it was invented by the GD Searle company but they Ajinomoto is a company that make the the, the biggest share I think they make 40% of um World of Sparta. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. But they didn't invent it. Sorry. I forgive you, Stuart. Thank but you. maybe the maybe the listeners will too. Thank who can you. who can you know? No. Um, all right. So that's fine, isn't it? Is, is there anything else on that one? I think that's. Uh, the... I mean, there's there's loads of other. Uh, there's there's another whole discussion at the end. We briefly mentioned the uh, sugar sweetened beverages thing. So not not specifically aspartame, but just um, diet drinks and how they might affect your, mm. and again, not specifically cancer, but they might affect your obesity and diabetes and ill health and things like that. And I said that the WHO press release was a bit different from, if you, if you, did, if you dug into the details, you would find that actually they were much less certain about it than they were in the, in the press release. Kevin pointed out that they, the press release was written with a bit of uncertainty to it, and maybe I was being a bit harsh on that. Though, again, I think the uncertainty could be even more clear. Mm. Um, it is definitely the case that lots of the media articles were, were wrong about this and and, uh, and, and and blew this massively out of, out of proportion and started saying, you know, WHO recommends that you shouldn't drink Diet Coke because it will make you diabetic but so there's a couple i think there's a couple of that's 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 our biggest mayor culpa of the day i think that um but it, you know yeah. I, I think i definitely stand by the point that aspartame is almost certainly not relevant from to cancer yeah, yeah. Risk, we're not we're the, not uh, moving away from the position that aspartame is fine no but we we also it was a bit silly of us not to find out what the iarc does before complaining about what the iarc does that is Fair. that is um that was weak okay so uh, number four psychedelics there have been some new studies out i don't think it changed anything very much does it It doesn't change our episode i don't think because we talked about some of the uh the kind of big studies that were that were out at the time there is another study of psilocybin and there's been a few other things as well i, I mean i I still remain in the same position, which is I think there's lots of weaknesses in these studies, and I think the evidence will need to be really quite strong before I will change my mind and think that these are um, going to be useful drugs in, in, in the future. But yeah, I don't think I don't think there's anything we said that was wrong necessarily. Okay, cool. So moving on from that, uh, vaping again, nothing particularly wrong. Although Kevin, God bless him, pointed out that I kept talking about Public Health England as though it was still a thing. It doesn't exist anymore. It was merged into the UK Health Security Agency just after COVID. Right. Um, no, yeah, PHE. We talked about there's a PHE report and stuff like that. And at the time, yeah. at the time that you you know it was producing the statistics that you meant, it was 
it was yeah. it was PHE, but it, it, it was it was PHE, but I, I think I, I did refer to it as though it was still an okay. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no one. I, obviously, that doesn't make any difference to anything. But it, it's nice. It's a nice little factual error to be able to correct. Yes. Chapter six: Ultra processed foods, mostly stuff we didn't mention. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I think I think there's stuff we didn't mention, and then there's also like uh, stuff we could have emphasized more. So. And actually, it all relates to Chris Van Tilliken, who is the author of this uh, very best-selling... Ultra-processed something or other. Ultra-processed Ultra people, life. it was called. Ultra-processed people, that was it, yeah. Um, which is about how... Uh, I think the subtitle of the book is something about... And actually, there's another thing we didn't mention. Something about how people claim that it's that it's not food. They say how, how the stuff that isn't food is really bad. You know, that's the sort of subtitle of the mm. book. I can't remember exactly what the subtitle is, but it's, it's that sort of thing. And that's something we didn't mention is that there's this weird thing where people talk about ultra-processed foods as, as uh, food-like substances or, or, or something like that. Like, they're, they're not actually... It's not actually food, even though it is in the, the, wor- in the word ultra-processed food is the word food. Yes. Um, yeah, but, and I find, yes. I find it quite like a sort of almost like a Luddite thing, like... It's it, they're these they're they're not you know good natural foods they're like these synthetic Frankenstein things that we don't really know what they are. Yeah, um, my my cousin David, um, co-author on my second book, he he's he's a massive food nerd, and he said he had pointed this interesting thing out that a lot of the the sort of foaming and gelatifying um, things that. Uh, people have learned from making these old processed foods have now got into high-end cooking quite a lot and if you go to like mm. um is it the fat duck the heston blumenthal yeah, yeah. one there's loads of those little those little gelatinous balls of of whatever you know minced snail or something yeah, yeah. um that's all using these industrial processes nice. that he's yeah so so you know uh, you uh, but then but then they're they're expensive and middle class so they don't count as ultra processed food anymore. wait it's not all just like crappy food that you buy you know yeah, in, in, from iceland or whatever yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. other other anyway. shops are available and actually iceland I'm a big fan of because they've now they've decided to potentially break the law by uh, allowing people to use coupons and stuff to buy baby formula. So oh, right. thumbs up to okay, them. Yeah. Yeah. Hooray! For, well, anyway, anyway, yes. There's, a, there's a shop called Iceland. By the way, I think you're confused. In the UK, there's a shop called Iceland, which is like a lower end yes. supermarket. All for all frozen stuff. For frozen, for generally frozen stuff. Although clearly they also sell baby formula. I assume they froze that too, just for the sake of it. Anyway. <laughs> um, Yes. So okay. So uh, so there, there was the one thing we didn't mention, in which people were surprised at, or we sort of wished we had, was that Chris Van Tulliken was making a, a claim. I think in his book, but certainly in a Twitter, certainly on Twitter, that well, exercise doesn't book. burn. It's in his book. Yes. Oh yeah, because Chris Snowden was reviewing it, wasn't he? Yes. That he he made this claim that studies show that exercise doesn't burn calories. Um, and that you would otherwise people would burn the same number of calories just from little from fidgeting and met- met- metabol- metabolic activity as they would from going for a run. Yeah, and there's so this is a and actually I think this this is a whole podcast. This is not like this is not something that we could have covered in the UPF no, you know, processed food uh, episode, but it is relevant to mention that this all the stuff about yellow processed foods is wrapped up in this debate about. So, so, so the thing we mentioned. About you know are kind of is it just really banal and ultra processed foods cause you to eat more calories because they're nice and they taste good mm. and you want to eat more of them and then those calories cause health problems or is it that there's something else about them 
Mm. That, uh, that affects your gut health and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, and, and that, there's another. There's a quote from Chris Van Tilliken that he said to the Guardian uh, the other day, where he talks about some of these mechanisms that are not just calorie mechanisms. So he said there is now significant evidence that that these products, so ultra processed foods, inflame the gut, disrupt appetite regulation, alter hormone levels, and cause myriad other effects, which likely increase the risk of cardiovascular and other disease in much the same way that smoking does. Now, I don't think there is significant evidence of any of that. I think the evidence that we have is completely consistent with it just being that they're nice and they make you eat more calories and eating more calories is bad. Yeah. Um, and there's certainly lots of speculative studies, many in mice and rats, that look at some of those other mechanisms, but I don't think we have significant evidence of any of those in humans. So I think that's that's over that's overstating it substantially. But the reason that, that this is brought up is because he thinks that it can't be the calorie thing because he thinks that, that calories don't actually matter that much anyway. Hmm. Right, so that comes. Sorry to have a convoluted thing no, there, but no, that no, goes no, back that's, to that's, that's, the, that's the conflict, the the sort of um, the 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 um, the sort of weirdly conf- conflicted thing where he's talking about why food is bad, but he doesn't think that it's calories that are the issue because he thinks it's it's screwing up your body in all sorts of ways hmm. that are not just giving you loads of calories and causing you to put on weight, and that causes you that causes you health issues. And to be clear, calorie exercise does burn calories. It would be completely crazy if it didn't. And like the, it's, you know, it's, it's just everyone knows. Well, I don't know if everyone knows, but I know lots of people who run ridiculous distances and they have to eat mad amount. You know, if you're doing ultra marathons, you have to run, eat like 5,000 calories a day yeah. to stop yourself from. Yeah. So, and I think the way he phrases it, like that, that is a refutation of what he's saying. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. There is a, a wider debate um, about body metabolism and about how people, if they, it, uh, so that that claim is not made on the basis of like one specific person, you know, losing weight and having a calorie deficit in one particular uh, situation. That claim is made over a long period of time. So the idea is that you make up for it later. If you lose, if you do exercise and, and, and burn off calories, you will then make up for it by eating more later or acting in different ways later. So the the claim that is that is sometimes made, and we should do a whole podcast on this because there are studies on this and evidence and there's a whole debate about it, is that on average, exercise doesn't burn calories because of changes in your behavior that come after it. This is the Stefan Guyanet stuff, isn't it? It's, it's exactly, or very similar he to that. He's talked the, about it, but there's another guy whose name I'm now blanking on who uh, has done studies on this and, and, and is, has written a whole book about it. And not, it, not Taubes or Taubes? No, 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 no. Although, no. Yeah, that's another whole. That was whole. carbs. He was a carbs yeah, man, he, wasn't he? he's good calories and bad calories, so he thinks it's yeah. not just calories. Yeah, there's a guy by the name of Herman Ponzer who is uh, an evolutionary anthropologist and he argues on the basis of some studies with, I think, some people who are like farmer-forager, sort of indigenous uh, people, and I think uh, others others in uh, the US. And he talks about busting metabolism myths and things like that. So so that's the, that's the base of the claim. So it's a bit more complex than just saying exercise doesn't burn calories, which obviously it does. But I think the way Chris Van Tilliken communicates it, it does seem like he's saying that exercise doesn't burn, doesn't burn calories, yeah. which would be a mad thing to say. Yes. Okay. So nothing particularly wrong there, but some things we could or otherwise have mentioned. Yeah, and also else? heart disease. Uh, well, you should it? mention you should uh, you, you mentioned Chris Snowden, who is oh, yeah. uh, kind of um, I think he describes himself as a health economist 
or a lifestyle lifestyle sorry lifestyle economist probably from the from the libertarian sort of perspective anyway he Distinctly wrote so, yes. he wrote a double like a two two article long review of the Van Tilken book and he pointed out it's also in a Twitter thread he pointed out that Van Tilken had misrepresented a study about how many calories these um, miners were taking in and out miners with an e not not young people with an with an o um, miners were burning by doing work and stuff and there was just there's just an error like a f- objective flat out error in the book that probably needs to be corrected so that's another that's just another thing to point out and yeah there have been more studies on ultra-processed foods, there was a uh, just at the time we're recording this about a week ago, there was a um, a big flare-up in the media about ultra-processed foods, and th- that doesn't really move the needle for us for what we were saying at all because we were talking about the need for more randomized controlled trials of this, and the reason that this was in the media was that there were a couple of new observational yeah, yeah. studies that were just observational yeah yeah okay all right i think that's that's everything we need to say about ultra processed foods lk99 um the superconductor that definitely was until it definitely wasn't the room temperature uh, superconductor yeah yes uh one actual factual error from me uh which really was is kind of embarrassing no i'm sure it was me oh it's I'm great sure. if it's you I'm pretty sure it was me. Oh, I, 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 write in and write in and tell us which one it was. Um, uh, but yeah, the um, I'm because I think you were talking about it, and I and I said, oh, so so the, basically the maglev trains they have superconductors. I or possibly Stuart said they have them in the tracks, and where of course, obviously they have them in the trains. Why would you lie 150 miles down of, of superconductors along the tracks when you could put like 50 yeah, feet? Yeah, because you have to you have to cool them down. You have to have liquid hydrogen or li- yeah. liquid helium. I guess it's like, sorry, liquid nitrogen, like, isn't it, that they use? Yeah, all the I way along so, yeah. the all the way along the um, the tracks. The tracks. So people coming along and, for, and like and like able to. I don't know, it's just be stupid. Just a stupid way of doing yeah. it. So yeah, thanks and, to which they uh, obviously do. It was, it was Matt, Matt Patton, Patton on Twitter. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt Patton on Twitter. Not to be confused with Mike Patton, the lead singer of Faith No More. Um, oh, Jesus. Which, no, but it's just that people might get confused. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That would be okay. fun if he was pointing out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Oh, please, if Mike just, Patton is listening to this or any of the members of Faith No More, just say I'd that really it's a, a ripoff of uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and they're not very good anyway. Or a Red Hot Chili Peppers a ripoff of them. It all sounds very similar to me, and I, I don't like either. Not of them. very similar. No, Faith No More the greatest. Okay, look, we're going to have to have a, fight, a conversation about this some other time. Faith No More are the greatest band in the history of the world. But you have dreadful taste um, in music, Tom, because uh, I think you like listening to Ludovico Einaudi, the worst classical composer. Uh, oh, you're going to get in such trouble existed. with my wife when uh, when when this one goes out because we walk down the aisle to that. I will, to that oh, song. Okay, do you hate love, Stuart? Is that what you hate? I hate you hate love and I hate happiness. His. Yeah. his Dreadful music. Yeah. Well, you you like Coldplay, so what I don't fucking that? like Coldplay. <laughs> I've never deliberately listened to Coldplay in my life, and this you some, uh, and several other of my friends keep saying to wind me up that I like Coldplay and making jokes about it. I do not. I'm just putting this on the record right now. I do not like Coldplay. Well, nobody do any edits of that or anything. It obviously doesn't wind you up, so I don't know why I'm wasting my time. <laughs> anyway, For so the, sake, the, the, the the lady doth protest too much, methinks. Anyway, um, so so that was wrong. The, the maglev tra- the, uh, just to get get us back on point. Maglev cooling is in the train, not in the tracks. It'd yes. be crazy for it in the tracks. Um, and also, you said I think we we um, your dog barked or something. You said yeah. At the time I think maybe we, yeah. because of an edit at the time, we just didn't we didn't. Uh, 
what you don't hear listeners is that sometimes my mm. dog who insists on being in the room with me at all times otherwise she gets upset sometimes she barks mm. and we have to re-record a section due to that and unfortunately at this point we, when we talked about the 1989 cold fusion thing the uh, ponds and fleischmann uh, experiment we didn't actually you know, i was I, I just happened to listen back to that section and we we moved on to the next thing without saying that didn't turn out to be real and like obviously like it wasn't obvious but it's just yeah. we, we didn't say by the way when the you know proper reliable replication attempts mm. came in you can't do cold fusion uh that yeah. doesn't happen um, yes, but I mean, it was because it was in a section of, about things that didn't turned out not to be real. It was yeah, probably it was, obvious, I think it was very obvious, but it's just we didn't ever yeah, explicitly say it. So, and I should say, I'm sorry about the uh, us having to stop, but that you know can be edited away. But also, you may have noticed, listeners, that there's sometimes a funny back a funny background noise. And it's because I live next to a railway and I've done my very best to not have the train noises in this podcast. But I, I, there's nowhere I can go in my house that you can't hear train noises. So I'm sorry if anyone hears the train noises and it annoys them. Because I know some people have like quite sensitive ears and they hear things in the background. I'm sorry. I've literally never noticed. Well, Tom doesn't notice it. But I, well, again, when I've listened back to the recordings a couple of times, you do hear the train noises and there's literally nothing anyone can do about it. So Sorry. Uh, well, we, uh, I'm sure the listeners will accept your apologies, Stuart. Um, all right. So since since we recorded LK99, we have published one more growth mindset. But when we as we record this, it's only been out a few days and no one's really said anything wrong with it. I think it's pretty solid, hopefully. Yeah, it's ha- we haven't had any, uh, any critical feedback on it. So yeah. um, but 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 you're part of the reason we're doing this is that please do send do send us feedback on that or any of the other podcasts we've mentioned it's not like we're now closed the book on any of these if you've got other, if no, we've said exactly. other things that are wrong then please do tell us that's true and we've also there's one in there's one in the tank now which will by the time you hear this will probably have been published on the placebo effect placebo but effect, obviously yeah. we haven't had any feedback on oh, that I, yet well, either, there so. is oh is there because you pronounced someone's name wrong and i said the correct pronunciation of the name uh, and you said no that doesn't sound that doesn't sound plausible and I went and asked him, and he said that it was the way I pronounced it. So well, Darren Daly, who is the Darren author Daly. of one of the pieces that we referred to, uh, is pronounced that. It's pronounced like that, and I was correct. Okay. Thank you. All right, you win, I lose. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, right, cool. So, um, the, so that's all. That's all the, the uh, episodes so far. Just a few more general things. We've already apologised about Stuart um, living on a train track, uh, but and I'm, I'm like one of those. Uh, Maglev trains. And like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we had, they, I bet they'd be a lot quieter. Yeah, they probably would yeah. be. Um, all right. So another thing we've had uh, two or three people mention to us. It's not not exactly as a criticism, but like a, a thing. You know, almost everything we've done so far has been debunking or sort of deflating claims. It's been a bit negative. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we should look at some things that we, you know, that are surprisingly real, you know, or um, yeah, or that, or that you know, are, that aren't uh, lies and bullshit, or that aren't that, <laughs> yeah, not, misrepresentations not, and mis- yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Or, or overstated or anything like that. My co- that was my cousin David said that, and Luke Muhlhauser, I believe, yeah, I, um, and, I, and another uh, guy called Centrist Dad or something like that on Twitter pointed okay, out to me yeah, as well. Exactly, so quite a lot of people have said um, that. So we should probably think about being a bit more positive on the podcast, yes, uh, at least so in some good. episodes. Yes, because we are basically very cynical and miserable people. So um, yes, that's, that's probably, true. You know, it's, it's coloring our perceptions. Uh, Andy Shabilsky, uh, the who a, a very wise uh, scientist and, and who does lots of psycho- psychological research into the impact of digital technologies on mental health, wrote in and suggested that we could be clearer about 
technical terms that we are we sometimes use these terms of art to sequels and you know uh, jargon basically without yeah, really explaining them which we tr- we've since then we've been trying to do but do let us know if we miss if we if, if we're being a bit glib with them yeah or if we yeah if we throw in like uh, in the growth mindset episode we tried to define as clearly as possible you know the concept of publication bias for instance we had a little chat about that if if there are things like that that we're not you know we're not kind of getting the right you know we're kind of moving on we're not giving things the right amount of time to really properly be explained then just tell us and we'll try our best to not do that in in future Uh, the, the, we've had the two bits of feedback about that actually about growth mindset with my attempt to describe publication bias were brilliant despite your your doubts your doubts in my abilities I fail yeah. to uh, I, I regret to say I should say I regret to say that uh, I think it might even have been more than two people have now been in touch with us to say that really? your ah. information was really good and really clear yeah. <laughs> fantastic love it absolutely love it alright um, but so that's pretty much everything Just yeah. the, the other thing is like do keep sending us feedback yep. um, and espe- I mean especially when we make th- when we say things that aren't true that's that's the really yeah, we, I, we want to be right particularly on this like factually objective things like the maglev train thing or the the you know Aspartame, a, a Ginomoto people uh, making a spar team or not you know inventing a spar yeah. team or not uh, th- these are things which we just need to iron out completely obviously there will be lots of matters of interpretation and we're giving our opinion on lots of things uh it's fine to criticize that too um, yep. uh, and we may even agree with you sometimes. Yeah, exactly. We may change, our, yeah. may change our mind on, on, on things. So, yeah, just send us in any feedback you can. And as I always say at the end of these podcasts, please do uh, subscribe um, on Substack or follow on other platforms. We're going to make tell sure... Tell your friends. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your friends that this is a podcast that's so open to scientific feedback that we're doing whole episodes about stuff that we got wrong. Um, mm. And uh, really, yeah, do, do spread the word. Um, we'd, be, we'd be very grateful. And if you're feeling very uh, kind, generous, as many people have been so far, then do sign up to be a paid subscriber. And we've got some ideas for some paid episodes. I think the general idea is that we'll put the slightly more controversial things behind the paywall just yes. to get people <laughs> really interested. And also stuff, to hide yeah. from the harsh glare of um, lots of people <laughs> listening feedback, to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, All right. So, yes, yeah, thank you, Tom. Mm. That's, uh, that's uh, our mea culpa done if you've noticed any other errors get in touch and uh, we'll do another one of these in a few weeks okay thanks very much Stuart speak to you soon bye